0: Hello and welcome to Behind the Headlines for the week ending July 17th, 2020. I'm Michael Kern from the Ottawa Business Journal. Behind the Headlines is a new podcast that explores the top local business stories of the week. And as usual, I'm joined by two of my colleagues from OBJ, Peter Cavessi and David Solly, both working in the editorial department. In today's podcast, we'll take a look at uh, Ottawa entering what's called Phase 3, uh, we'll also take a look at whether businesses should be asking customers to sign waivers if they enter their premises. And finally, a counterintuitive expansion plan for a local retailer. So let's go behind the headlines right now. Peter, let's uh, start with our, with you on our first story, uh, phase three. Uh, that's what we're entering today uh, in Ottawa and much of the province of Ontario. Tell us what that means
1: a so really really exciting news for a lot of businesses uh, particularly restaurants who uh, which are now able to uh, resume indoor services as well as uh, gyms and uh, theaters and, uh, and and bars that they can uh, once again uh, start uh, start start operating so um, this is really really exciting for a few reasons. Um, I guess the first one is uh, um, obviously these businesses uh, can start to bring customers back in the door, but I think uh, um, there's also the potential to, again, one more degree of normalcy back in our lives. So if this is combined with, um, you know, continuing relatively low um, incidence of new cases, I think can go a long way towards uh, boosting uh, both business and consumer confidence um obviously again this is welcome news but you know I think it does have to be tempered with some uh, realities there's a lot of these businesses that still have a bit of a hole to uh, to dig themselves uh, out of um just just one example uh obj spoke with uh, iron North uh, studio in Hindenburg it's a it's a gym and uh, since the uh, the pandemic hit um, they lost approximately a hundred thousand uh, dollars in revenues during uh, during uh, that period even now once that uh, they um, they reopened, they're only going to be able to operate at about 50% uh, capacity. So that's just one example of, um, you know, uh, I think a lot of businesses that need to, to uh, are going to have to find uh, some new footing in this new uh, this new uh, in- environment and uh, does sort of indicate that there is still uh, a bit of a road ahead towards uh, full
0: recovery. Uh, and Dave, uh, let's go to you next. Uh, of course, the news came quite quickly about phase three. I think it was announced on Monday and businesses had a few days to uh, to adapt to this. How are businesses uh, changing to uh, be able to welcome these customers inside their premises?
2: Uh, yeah, Michael, that's a good question and uh, and I, I guess the answer is I think vigilance is on the mind of, uh, of of pretty much every business owner in town and everybody's handling things a little bit differently. I talked to uh, several businesses uh, this week after, the province uh said that phase three would be a go as of today. Um so for example uh, escape manor which many of you might know they've got uh, several locations in town they're an escape room um so they uh they obviously have a lot of people uh moving around in there and so so um so they're really gonna be uh making sure to they 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 really focus on deep cleaning so they're gonna have a gap in between each session to make sure the rooms get cleaned properly. Um, and obviously they have a lot of interactive sort of exhibits, right? Um, puzzles and um, uh, various problems you have to solve that, that involve touching objects and, uh, and surfaces. So those have had to be redesigned so that you aren't touching them. Um, as well, uh, when you come in, uh, often in the past, maybe if you came by yourself, you might get put with a larger group of other people well, that's not going to happen now. You you stay with the people you come into the into the building with, and that's it. Um, masks are going to be mandatory, obviously, in common areas. Uh, so that's just some of the ways that they're dealing with it. Um, pubs and restaurants. Well, that's another issue. Again, um, you're going to have a lot of people gathered in a pretty small area, and managing that is going to be a challenge. So, um, so at Centertown Brew Pub Flora Hall, for example, I talked to owner Dave Longbottom and. They're set to open today. Um, they can have up to 50 people in there. It usually seats a maximum of what, 140. Now, um, I don't know if, it, if, if some of you may have been in there. I'm, let's just say I, I am somewhat familiar with the layout having been in there several times. <laughs> um, there are two levels, yeah, as you know, Mike. Um, there are two sets of stairs. So Dave uh, was telling me, you know, it's gonna be a bit of a challenge are we going to have one set of stairs for only for people going up the other one only for people going down? Uh, because otherwise, you know, you've got to worry about people congregating in those type of areas, uh, waiting for the bathroom, that sort of thing. So he said the biggest challenge is going to be really to kind of manage that flow of traffic, if you will, um, throughout the pub. Um, and, uh, you you know, so those are just, um, and, and and then um, uh, Peter mentioned gyms. Uh, certainly, uh, I talked to Jenna Aladd, the owner of Iron North. They're really going to be emphasizing cleaning and physical distancing. Uh, I also talked to um, uh, to Freeform Fitness, where they are going to. They've got uh, the services of a of a cleaner that uses ultraviolet light to uh, to do a deep sanitization of the premises if necessary. If someone does happen to uh, to con- contract Covid uh, and enter their premises. so these these are just some of the of the measures that that businesses are prepared to take uh, to make sure that they can do business as safely as possible in phase three. Um,
0: well, there's a natural transition there as we move on to our second story, which involves the legal implications of allowing uh, customers into restaurants, gyms, uh, and other types of premises. Dave, you looked into that um, uh, this week. Um, some law firms are recommending uh, that people consider, business owners consider having customers sign waivers uh, to protect themselves in case people do, hopefully not, do contract COVID-19 when they're in their uh, premise. Dave, tell us about uh, who you spoke with and, and what they said.
2: Yeah, so exactly, Mike. Well, This issue kind of really became a um, uh, a bit of a talker early in the week. Um, actually, um, uh, St. FX University in Antigonish, Nova Scotia, made a lot of headlines when they uh, announced that they were going to require all students to sign waivers before they could take classes this fall. Uh, and that kind of triggered, uh, you know, the thought: Okay, what? What are other? What are? What are, what are some businesses thinking about this? So I um, this week I talked to Tracy Lyle. Um, She's the head of litigation at Nelligan Law here in Ottawa. And I I wanted to get get her opinion on this issue, whether whether this is something that should be top of mind for business owners. Um, uh, You you know, is it necessary to get customers to sign waivers, to say, look, uh, if you get COVID uh, after coming in here, we're not responsible, uh, that sort of thing. And it's a bit like most legal issues. It's a little bit thorny. I mean, it depends on the business is essentially what it comes down to. And so so Lyle told me that, you know, the riskier the environment, essentially, the greater the need for a waiver. Uh, And that in some cases, it definitely would provide an added layer of protection against potential lawsuits. So for example, we were just talking about Freeform Fitness. Well, that's a good example of the type of business that probably should get a waiver uh, for all its members. And in fact, they do. Ashley Laurie, the CEO there, she told me that Uh, They've always required members to sign waivers. They've now updated them uh, with a clause mentioning COVID-19. So, you know, uh, she said it's just all part of them doing their due diligence to make sure that, you know, they protect themselves. Um, A lot of other sports organizations feel the same way, but other businesses, not so much. For example, I talked to a couple of restaurant owners, uh, uh, Stephen Bechtup, Many of you have heard of him. He owns three restaurants here in town. You, you know, he, he compared going to a restaurant to going to a supermarket or a hairdresser. Uh, it's you, customers should know the risks before they enter the premises. So he, he felt there was no need to do that sort of thing. Uh, the same with Dave Longbottom at Flora Hall. He said he checked with his insurance provider and he just felt it's not necessary. Both of them are taking contact information from, uh, from a person at each table to help with contract tracing should it be necessary. And, and Lyle kind of agreed with that approach. Um, she said, you know, make sure you double check with your insurance provider to see what they think. Uh, but in many cases, it's, you know, you have to really weigh the, um, um, sort, of the uh, sort of the logistics, the logistical headaches, if you will, of having to require everybody to co- that comes into a building to sign a waiver weigh that against the risks so it's some it's a decision it's a uh, that every individual business owner is kind of going to have to have to make on his own.
0: Hmm. Uh, I think we'll go to a story number three uh, Dave you were uh, took the lead on this one as well it uh, it was a story about a company called a local retailer called Terra 20 uh, that is doing something we're not seeing too often uh, opening a new location in the middle of a pandemic. So, uh, Dave, give us a sense of uh, what's happening with Terra Twenty.
2: Uh, yeah, like exactly. Uh, Terra Twenty. You, some of you may have, uh, may know it, may shop there. There's, uh, it's a chain of, of uh, eco-friendly uh, stores here in Ottawa. So, it specializes in uh, merchandise like natural skincare products, uh, bathroom, household cleaners that are made without toxic chemicals. Well, uh, uh, territory uh, already had two locations in Ottawa. Now they have three. They opened on um, uh, earlier this week, actually yesterday. They opened their newest location, a, a franchise location at the Ottawa train yards. Um, so you're thinking, wow, like most retailers are kind of uh, thinking scaling back their brick and mortar locations uh, with the rise of e-commerce and everybody buying things online now, especially during the pandemic. But um, I talked to owner, co-owner Bill Stewart uh, on, um, on, uh, on Tuesday and, uh, and he basically said, um, you know, that they, um, th- that they really feel like there's still a place uh, for an actual physical location for a store like this. Because um, as he points out, he says a lot of their, their, their mission is kind of converting people uh, to eco-friendly products. You're targeting the mainstream consumer, and uh, and they want to kind of turn them on to e- to greener, eco-friendly products. And he says that that, as far as he's concerned, that still means they need a place to go where they can actually touch the products and you know have a look at them and really get to know more about them and talk to staff uh, who can kind of educate them about what goes into the products and what doesn't go into them uh, in terms of harmful chemicals and other, uh, other additives. So, um, so he really feels like, uh, like this is a great time to open a new store. Um, and they did actually close their other locations, uh, in late March, uh, when the pandemic started, uh, for several months and their online operations managed to keep, uh, keep them afloat. They were doing about 70% of their regular revenues, but, um, but he says they're, they're very glad to have, uh, have their stores up and running again, and add to their footprint. And he says they're they're looking to add more stores. They're talking to potential franchisees in Toronto right now, and he thinks that the uh, national capital region could certainly um, uh, could certainly eas- easily uh, um, that you know the, the the market here could certainly support uh, several more stores.
0: Hmm. Uh, probably evidence that there's still room for niche retailers in the local market you know particularly when as you indicated uh, they need a little bit of education and and might need to uh, touch the product uh, feel the product uh, so on and so forth so let's start wrapping up but before we do that peter i want to give you an opportunity to talk about uh, uh, a project that's uh, uh, over five years old now at obj it's called techopia which is a Spin-off brand that focuses uh, a lot on technology startups. What's what's happening with Techopia, Peter?
1: Well, part of the Techopia project is a uh, special podcast series we've been doing for several years, Techopia Live, in which we do uh, interviews with uh, leaders from Ottawa's uh, tech community. So we do have a couple of uh, episodes scheduled for next week that I'm particularly excited about. Uh, the first one, so it was put to me that uh, not many businesses uh, really had uh, much or, or any time to uh, to prepare for COVID uh, nineteen uh, th- this spring. Uh, things happened uh, really, really, really quickly. Um, in contrast, though, um, as we do gradually reopen and uh, restart our operations, companies do still have, um, you know, a month and a half or so before uh, that fall season when traditionally business uh, activity uh, here in Ottawa really, really accelerates. So, we'll be talking to um, a local tech company Pivotry just about how their leadership team is preparing for this new normal. This idea of, you know, uh, we're likely going to be seeing um, mixed teams. Some are going to continue to work from home some want to be in the office how do you manage teams like um, like that Uh, we also have another episode uh, which is going to be featuring um, clinic connects Uh, this is an Ottawa startup that uh, made a name for itself uh, in um, medical clinics with its automated patient uh, reminder uh, system letting patients know Uh, and confirming that they have an upcoming uh, appointment. What's interesting is that at the start of this year, before the pandemic hit, uh, they were really well positioned uh, and starting to make inroads in the uh, long-term care sector. Um, Obviously, COVID uh, had uh, a really... Devastating impact on, uh, on a lot of those, uh, those, those centers, which has really created um, incredible demand for uh, for this Ottawa company's uh, software and uh, has made uh, 2020 uh, a year uh, quite unlike any other in the company's history.
0: That's awesome. Uh, thanks for that, Peter. And we'll look forward to uh, those uh, upcoming episodes. Uh, that's all uh, for this week uh, in terms of uh, Behind the Headlines. Uh, A reminder that you can watch this on uh, YouTube. Uh, If you go to the Ottawa Business YouTube channel, please give us a like on the video. Hit the bell icon to get notifications of uh, new videos. Uh, Also, uh, you can listen to this in an audio format on Spotify and SoundCloud. Uh, And lastly, we encourage all of our listeners and viewers to check out obj.ca, which is uh, the main vehicle for our local business news headlines today. And, and a reminder, we've got a great email newsletter, OBJ Today, uh, that you can sign up for too. So that's it for this week. Uh, I'm Michael Curran signing off on behalf of uh, Peter Cavessi and David Solly. Uh, please stay connected. Hope to see you really soon.